standing, please, you take your Bibles this evening and go with me to a book that we don't go to very often, and uh, that's the book of Amos. And the book of Amos, and if you have trouble finding it, uh, help you out a little bit. You can go, everybody can find probably the book of Daniel. Just go to Daniel, and then you'll come to Hosea, Joel, and then Amos, and then Andy is after that. And uh, Amos and Andy, amen. The old folks know what I'm talking about there. But uh, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. Amos chapter number 8. And there is not a book of Andy, all righty. I was just teasing about that. Amos chapter number 8, and uh, uh, let's see, that, that's the two verses I want us to read, and I'll tell you the story about what's happening here, and we'll read verses 11 and 12 in unison this evening, all right? The Bible says here, let's read it together, you ready? Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor of thirst of water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. What's well, a troubling portion of scripture here? And uh, uh, the Lord said he's going to send a famine. And uh, we'll see what this is all about here. The title of my message is simply this, famine. And uh, you'll see it, and you've already seen it there in the word of God where we get that from. Let's ask the Lord to bless. Father, thank you again. Uh, for the time this evening, we can come together again. And Lord, Sundays are so special to us, Sunday mornings, Sunday nights. And Lord, as we come together here, and uh, always seems to me like Sunday nights gathering with the family. Oh, it's that way, I think, every service. But just something special about Sunday night, gathering with the family and, and just sharing some things from the Word of God. And I pray that you'd speak to our hearts from it tonight. Lord, help us understand what we need and what we have. And so, Father, bless in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. What we find in the book of Amos here is some prophecy of, uh, from, uh, concerning, uh, a prophecy of the Lord concerning the end times. And uh, I, oftentimes I've said this, and I believe most of us think, believe this too, uh, we're, we're coming to the end. I don't know when the Lord's. We've been saying that for a long time. Folks have said it for a long time. Uh, I just know this. We're a lot closer than we were a long time ago. And, uh, but I know the Lord's coming soon, and it wouldn't surprise me any moment. And, and uh, I, I, I think I said, you know, when this new year uh, came about, I think I mentioned this. I said, I'm kind of surprised we're still here. Uh, I believe the Lord's coming any moment. That trumpet could sound. We'll rise to be with him. And uh, it may be night, it may be uh, daytime, you know, the Bible says about it in the clouds. And uh, the thing is, when we think of the rapture, it's not just going to be of Pennsylvania. Uh, it'll be worldwide, and uh, those that are saved will rise to be with him. So it'll be daylight for some folks, night for others. But uh, when it happens, it's going to happen, and uh, in the twinkling of an eye, we'll rise to be with him. But the Lord said what's going to happen in the last days, there was going to be a famine in the land. And uh, a famine is described, I looked it up, it said, uh, it said this, defined, uh, the word famine is extreme and general scarcity of food is in the country or a large geographical area. Any extreme and general scarcity, extreme hunger, starvation, uh, all that has to do with the, uh, the, the idea of, of a famine. And uh, I, I believe there's some things that's important for us to notice here about this famine in the last days. God said he's going to send it. 
And uh, I think it's important for us to understand what's going to happen. Now, don't worry. You know, the Lord's still going to take care of us. Amen. And, uh, but I, I think we're seeing this famine that we're talking about even right now. Uh, it's happening right before our eyes. You know, we think sometimes, well, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things at the store you can't find. And uh, that's still not a famine. I mean, it's, it's, it's aggravating. And uh, they're trying to do away with cows and everything, you know, and make you eat vegetable hamburgers. That is out of the pit. Amen. That is just not right. You don't, I mean, Burger King, they had their vegan uh, burgers. I'm telling you what, if you had one, you get to the altar tonight. Ask God forgive you for that. You don't eat that garbage. You eat good old juicy hamburgers. Amen. I mean, make them where the grease runs off your elbows when you're done. Amen. Amen. That's good preaching tonight. I like it. I'm getting hungry now. All righty. So it'll be a short sermon. But, uh, you know, I, I think about uh, in the, 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 I'm not even sure what I was ranting about that. It's kind of like, it's kind of like me with the dogs last week. I just went off the deep end on that one. And uh, so tonight I'm, I'm going to stay away from dogs and, and then try to figure out where I'm at. But uh, concerning the famine, uh, you know, we look and we say, well, there's a lot of food that you can't find. But yet there's still enough food for us to eat, probably more than what we need to eat. And, uh, but the Bible says in the last days, the Lord is going to send a famine. And, uh, uh, and again, I know I'm, I'm back where I was at. The Lord's going to take care of us no matter what's going to happen. We're still his children and we're still his children. You know, uh, I've heard folks that grew up in poor homes where the mom would fix food and she wouldn't have much because she wanted to make sure the kids had enough. Because that's a mom. A dad's that way. Works hard to provide. And you know, our Heavenly Father watches over and takes care of us. And, you know, if he could speak and the world come into existence, God could make sure we have the food that we need to eat. But the the famine is not a food famine that the God's Word is talking about here. Now, several things I want us to notice about this famine, though, and I'll, I'll mention what kind of famine it is. But the first thing I want us to notice is that God sent this famine. You say, but I thought God is love. God is love. But God sent, is going to send a famine, and I believe we're seeing it right before our own eyes today. You notice verse 11, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. But notice this, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of her water. Here's the famine, but of hearing the words of the Lord. You know, I think about it. God sent this, is going to send this famine and is sending it, I believe, even today. We need to understand that God's doing this. God does not approve of sin. You know, we, we make excuses for sin. We say times have changed. Times have changed. I understand that. But God's word has never changed. That which was wrong is still wrong. It is not okay now because everybody accepts the, uh, the, the gay marriages and, and all the stuff, and they make it sound like you are a horrible person if you're against it. No, you're just being spiritual, believing what the Bible says. And it has always been true that it is wrong for a man to marry a man and a woman to marry a woman. It is, it is ungodly. It's an abomination, according to the Word of God. Now, that's not popular today, and, and uh, you can get in trouble for saying that in some places, but uh, that's, just, that's just the way it is. I, I believe this, that uh, there's a famine going on of the Word of God, and I need to make sure I don't get famished by not preaching the Word of God. And so God does not approve of sin, but uh, I believe God allows sin, I think about this, to go on. He allows it. I think God knows how we are. He made every one of us a person that can make a choice about things in life. 
and that God didn't make us puppets. Sometimes people say, well, why, you know, why God make us? God, and we all understand this. We don't want someone to love us because you have to. If you said, you know, Valentine's Day's coming up and your wife says, I love you because I have to. Boy, isn't that romantic? That's not very good. You know, you want, her, you want her to love you because she wants to. It's not because, well, you know, the preacher said, till death do us part, and I'm really praying for that part. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what it's all about. You see, you see, we, 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 we sometimes, I, I think God, God loves us and, and, and so much, but God also gave us a free will to decide what we're going to do. And you say, well, I'm going to do whatever I want to. You know what? You're going to find out. Now, this is the scary thing about it. You can get to a point where God's going to say this, then go ahead. Just go ahead and do it. You say, well, God hates sin. Yes, he does. But you know what? Really, sin is a punishment in itself. Sin has never made a better life. It always makes a life worse. Oh, there's the pleasure for a moment or a few minutes there, pleasure for a while. But what happens at the end of it, 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 uh, uh, it bites like that serpent, you know, and, and, and brings, forth, brings forth death. And... Uh, I believe that God sometimes gets to the place where God says, all right, you're going you're to keep sinning. You just keep on sinning, but you're going to pay for it someday. And you will. There's a payday someday. And uh, the Bible says in Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived. You know, a lot of people are deceived about sin. But he said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. You don't mock God. You don't, you, you're not, don't be deceived about that now. Uh, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth. What did he say? That shall he also reap. God said, all right, go ahead and sow you wild oats. That's why I don't understand. I've, I've heard Mennonites saying that about their kids. They say, well, we, we raise them up with Mennonite uh, uh, beliefs, that, and then we, they come to teenage years, and then we allow them to go and sow their wild oats so they know what they're going to do. That's the stupidest thing in the world. You don't sow your wild oats. You know why? Because wild oats will grow. You know, if you, if, you, if, you don't want, if you don't want something to grow in your garden, don't sow it. What we sow is what we want to reap. Why in the world would you ever tell kids, you sow your wild oats so you can determine? No, you don't determine what you might want by how it makes you feel. You determine your life by what the Word of God says. It's so simple. I try to be mean, but I'm like, you know what? If you're going to be so strict to ride a horse and buggy, why not be strict about following the word of God? Well, you might, I just, I just, I don't get it. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying. Amen. You say, well, I know some folks, and I'll tell them. I'm putting, well, they don't have radio, so they don't know. But anyway, I'm not, honestly, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying, listen, folks, we need to understand we've got to follow what God's word says, not how we feel. And, 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 and to think this, well, I'm just going to, uh, I'll just let, let sin run its course. God says, all right, we'll let sin run its course. Go ahead and live your life the way you want to. And you may sit here tonight and say, you know what? I don't need to listen to the preacher. I don't need to, to listen to this Bible. The young folks could say, you know, I'm just going to live how I want to. You know what? God may allow it to say, all right, you just keep rebelling. Go ahead and live your way. But I guarantee you this, you go back to this evening and remember this sermon and say, boy, I wish I'd paid attention. I was talking to a man not long ago and was saying, boy, I made such a mistake years ago. You know, and you think, well, why didn't God stop him? God said, you know what? I told you not to, but you just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. You know, I'm just going to let you go. And now, guess what? It's not a joy because of the decision that was years ago. 
It brings sorrow. I think many times people, they sow the wild oats and then they pray for a crop failure. You know, man, I, I, I'm going to sow these wild oats and then we're going to say, oh, God, forgive me. Will God forgive you? Yes, he will. But then you look out in the garden. What you sowed, you're going to reap. We say, well, I don't want that. But we, that, that's God's law. That what we, sow, what, we, what we sow, we reap. The Bible says in James 1, uh, let, let's go to it, all right? Now, don't lose your spot in Amos because it took you a half hour to get there, all right? But go to the book of James, all right? The book of James. And go to verse, chapter number 1, James chapter number 1 and verses 14 and 15. Oh, boy, this is, this is it here. The Bible says, but every man is tempted... All right, we know temptation's common to all men, all right? Let's see what goes on to say here, all right? But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust, his own desires, all right, his own lust, and enticed. Then, you see, see it, it, it's getting worse now. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth what? Sin. But wait a minute. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth what? Death. Wow. God gives a real warning here about this. Here, you say, well, you know, temptation is not real bad. Wait a minute. It just goes, it's just right down the line. What, what, what happened? What did he say? Every man's tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. What happens? He has the lust. He gets tempted and is enticed then. So the temptation comes and then there's the enticement. And then what happens? It conceived and brings forth sin. And then sin brings forth death. And all of a sudden we look and say, how did I get here? Started out with temptation. Started out with a temptation. So the famine is sent of the Lord. God's saying, this is what's happened. You decide to live your own way. This is what you want to do. And God said, all right, but I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to send a famine. The second thing is, the famine is this. Is this. It's, not a, it's not a famine of food. You know, if you listen today, everybody, you know, we thought we had a, lot, a famine of toilet paper back in the, the virus days. Remember that? I remember going to Wal going not to Walmart, going to Sam's Club. I never seen a bunch of old people run in Sam's Club as I did when they got toilet paper in in the back there. And you see people, man, they were running. Now they weren't running very fast. They, I mean, an old person run is kind of like a young person walk. <laughs> hey, man, and don't look at me like I'm so mean to old people. I am one of them now. But what happens, they, they run back, and it was like the end of the world because there wasn't going to be toilet paper. And I, I was in there not long ago, and guess what? They had piles of it. Uh, and, and, and then, you know, they say, well, you know, we can't find this and can't find that. I, I don't know, my wife tells me, boy, they just don't have anything. Um, they're out of this, they're out of that. And uh, I think that one, one day was, uh, what, taco uh, seasoning, wasn't it? It was added taco seasoning. It was like the end of the world. Taco seasoning, you got to have it. Well, you do if you want good tacos, I believe that. But, uh, but you know, we, we look, if you can't find that, or you can't find, oh, your favorite, uh, your favorite bread, it was not there. I mean, there's still lots of other bread. There's not a real famine in the, in, 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 around us with food. But I'll say this, that's not the worst type of famine. What God brought a famine was of the Word of God. I can do without a lot of food. 
I can't do without the Word of God. It's my spiritual food. It's my spiritual food. He said, he said I thought it was interesting in verse number 12. He said, And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord. And this is what's sad, and shall not find it. What were they seeking? Bread? Taco sauce? No. They were seeking the word of the Lord. I think if we'll be honest about it, we're living in a time of a famine of the word of God. Oh, yeah, we all have our Bibles this evening, but I'll tell you what, there's a famine of the word of God going on right now. We find that these people are going to and fro looking for it. And I think, you know, that's one of those things today. People go from church to church to church trying to find something. And, uh, you know, and, and one of the things that they're looking for is what kind of, uh, uh, of fellowship hall do they have? Do they have a gymnasium? I don't believe a gymnasium is more important than the auditorium where the Word of God is preached. It's more, not as important as a Sunday school classroom where boys and girls learn the Word of God. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not against having a gymnasium. That's all right, fine. Uh, but, but the thing is, uh, there's a famine of the Word of God. And so what happens, people, they begin, you know, they get ticked off about something, and then they start looking around, and they, they, they find something. You know what they find? They find entertainment. And in our churches today, it's becoming more an entertainment center where we have, you know, we have the, uh, the churches now. I, I, get the, I get all the books and the catalogs in the mail about things for your church. And it's amazing the lightings that they have now for churches where you can put blue lightings. I don't know what that does. I'm not sure. Maybe it makes you look thin. Maybe I'll try it. And uh, that's a lot better than going on a diet, amen? And, uh, but they put the blue lights there. It's kind of like at a funeral home. They have pink bulbs because it makes dead folks look more alive and it gives them color to them. And uh, they, they do that. When I worked at a piano place and they sold pianos, he bought those same kind of light bulbs to make the pianos look, look really nice in that room, the lighting. And, and, and let me tell you something. You can make it look as good as it can be, but you can have a cheap piano and it don't play too good. And you know what? You can make things look really good at a church by having all the blue lights. You could have all the big screens up there, you know, to, to, for everyone to follow the bouncing ball. And you can have all of a sudden, and this is what they're doing. This is what they're doing today. They're getting their, uh, I almost said cheerleading squad, but it's, it's called their, uh, yeah, their praise team. Same thing, cheerleading crowd. And uh, what happens? They got their praise team, and they have their praise team come out, and they sing those choruses over and over again. And what happens? People are looking for something, find something, and it's called entertainment. Entertainment now is good. And, uh, you, you know, tonight, there's a lot of people glued to the TV for entertainment. And people are going to church today to find entertainment. Now, they don't like it all the time. They only like it on Sunday morning pretty much. But they're running from church to church. And you know what happens? They find confusion. Because when you leave the word of God out, you're going to have everybody's idea. Wouldn't it be something if every church preached the word of God? There would not be confusion. But you leave, you could leave here and you could go down to the charismatic church. You go, man, they didn't, tell about, they didn't tell us that back at the Baptist church. And then you go from there and you go down to Kingdom Hall. You say, man, I'll tell you what, they're different than this guy. And you can go around and you'll be so confused. 
If you check it out, you'll find out that all three of the three that I did, the Baptist Church here, and go to the Charismatic Church and go to Kingdom Hall, you'll find out three different Bibles. There's where the problem is. So the problem of the famine is the hearing of the Word of God. And I believe that the hearing of the Word of God in America tonight and what's happening right in front of our faces is a twofold problem. Now, when I moved to Pennsylvania long time ago, it was getting on 46 years, I think, 46, uh, 47 years ago that we, we moved to Pennsylvania. And I was thinking this evening here, I'd, I mean, I'm getting close to 50 years in the ministry. Let's party again. <laughs> Let's have a big party over that one, amen? I mean, I know y'all weren't there when I, when I that was that, those early years like that, but hey, let's find something to have cake and ice cream again. And, uh, and by the way, my wife's roses died, so, you know, if you're thinking about it, let's just have another party. But, but, but the thing is, you know, I, I think when I first moved here to Pennsylvania, I, I found this. Many people went to church. I was really surprised. When I go soloing, I find so many people, yes, I go to church, and they tell me what church it was. That was different than where I grew up in Hammond, Indiana, Munster, Indiana, and Chicagoland area. Around there, you, you could go and you find a lot of people, they didn't go to church. But I moved out here, it was almost like I felt like I was coming to what they call the Bible Belt. And, and where uh, the Northern Bible Belt, I guess. And I found that many people went to church. And, 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 I, and I, I thought, you know, how, how, isn't this interesting? So many people go to church. I remember Brother Domley came out right there in those beginning years. And, and he, said, he said to me, he says, boy, he said, this, this area, is, it's difficult because so many people go to church. Now, not necessarily the right kind of church. And they didn't believe right. But a lot of people, they, they, had, they had enough religion. It was difficult to try to get through to them and show them how to be saved. That's the way it used to be. But the longer that I'm here, the more I see the area is not churched like it was. There's folks running to people all the time now. And it used not be running to people all the time, never been to church. I remember when it was little kids come to Bible school, they'd never been to church before. And I thought, how sad that is. And then I remember Mark and I were out soloing one day and we knocked on a door and a teenager was there. And he said, I'd never been to church. And I thought, Wow. Now I'm finding teenagers. You know what I find? We did, we did, we did last yesterday. I think that that one man said, 90 years old, never been to church. Sad. But you know, there's a lot of people. They don't go to church anymore. You used to be a churched area, and now it's not. You know what there is? There's a famine in the land. Where man said, "I'm going to do my own thing," and they're looking for something other than what the Word of God says. I remember out sowing in a new enterprise. Mark and I was was knocking on doors one one night, and uh, uh, we ran across some some folks, brethren folks, and uh, we talked to them, and 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 uh, we talked to some older folks, and and asked them if you died today, you know, go to heaven. Oh yes, I got saved when I was a teenager. I got saved when I was a kid. Folks, man, praise the Lord. And then you would find brethren teenagers. And they are, are not just teenagers, but young adults. And they had no clue. And Mark said to me, he said, Dad, did you notice this? The old people know, the young people don't know. There's a famine in the land. There was churches all around that weren't Baptist churches that preached, you must be born again. 
There were churches that believed you had to be saved, and they may have baptized frontwards, upside down, or sprinkled, or something like that. But they preached that you had to be born again, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. But now we find there's so many that are not even churched, and so many in churches that don't even have the Word of God. They could, I remember they could tell you right away they went to, they go to church, but have no idea about how to go to heaven the Bible way. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, by, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I was thinking about that verse there. There's two hearings there. There's two, the word hearing is used two times in this verse. First of all, I believe there's that famine of Bible preaching in the land because people don't have the Bible. You know, if there's going to be Bible preaching, you've got to have the Bible. You gotta have it. You gotta have it. And I'm talking about a King James Bible, of course. So you mention that all the time, and I will continue to do it because we're in a famine today. Where people have no idea. I'm glad when folks come and visit our church, they'll hear it. And, I, and sometimes I wonder how they're gonna take it. Sometimes folks don't take it so good. Sometimes people are saying thank you for it, but I don't preach it to get either either response. I preach it because it's the truth. I'm glad tonight that we have the Word of God. There's a lot of churches today don't understand what the Word of God is, and they, they have many Bibles instead of one Bible. And, of course, you know, I, uh, I've often said I, I've only used one Bible, the King James Bible. I have all the ones that I've ever used in our church preaching and any time ever preaching. In fact, well, growing up, I always had a King James Bible. I mean, even when I was a baby, I, 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 we have uh, those little baby Bibles used to give out, you know, and, and uh, it was a King James Bible. I'm glad I have the Bible. I don't have Bibles. I have plurality of, of King James Bibles in my office, but that's the only kind that I have. And to my, my opinion is this. No, the fact is there is only one. There is only one. I know some folks, they don't see the big deal in that. In their churches, they use different versions. But I'll be honest with you, I don't have confidence in someone that uses another Bible. Amen. Oh, but preacher, you know, they're good folks. They may be good folks, but I don't have confidence if they don't have the Bible. You know, it's be like, you know, uh, someone come in and you say, well, you know, preacher, you, you uh, have someone come in with, uh, 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 let's see, uh, uh, the Altoona Mirror and preach from it. Would you have a problem with that? Well, you know what? The Altoona Mirror is about the same thing as these new versions. They're not the word of God. You say, but boy, they're so, they're so good in their oratory. They can say some really great things. And you know, it sounds like that King James. It may sound like it, but those things that are different are not the same. Always remember that. But they said, faith cometh by hearing. So we've got to hear, but we've got to hear the right thing. And the hearing the word of God. Answer this. Is the NIV the word of God? It's not. Is the is is the 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 the, uh, uh, the New American Standard version? Is it the Word of God? No, no, it's not. It's, but I know some folks that use it. You might they might be nice people, but it's not the Word of God. One of the big ones now is the ESV, English Standard Version. Is that the Word of God? No, it's not. He said, but I know what it means. Wait a minute, things that are different are not the same. 
You know, why corrupt something? If, it, if the King James Bible is right, why corrupt it? And you know what they had to do to do that? They had to go to a different manuscript. And that's a whole other sermon I'm not going to get into. We'd be here for hours talking about that. But they take from other manuscripts, corrupted manuscripts. And so we can, we, I ask you the question, I think you all know that, 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 that none of those, those Bible versions I talked about are the Word of God. So to hear the Word of God, the Word of God then, we, we've, got to, we've got to first of all understand what the Word of God is and then preach the Word of God. How much good does a King James Bible do sitting on your coffee table? Nothing. You know, in the, in the bookstores today, there are some King James Bibles, far and few between, but there are some. But what good are they doing just sitting on the shelf? They need to be read. They need to be preached. They need to be heard. What happens to some churches, they say, well, we use the King James Bible. I'm always very careful, you know, and I, and I, I, I do, and, and it makes it easy with the Internet today to research. You know, churches, you can, you can go to any church you want to, that, and most, most churches have, have, have uh, uh, websites. You can go to the church there, and you can find out what they believe. And, and I'll be honest with you, they don't hide it most of the time. But some of, the, some of these that try to hide it a little bit, they say this, we use the King James Bible. Well, so do Mormons. And they have the Book of Mormon. They don't preach the Bible. They preach the Book of Mormon. There are people today who say, well, we use it. And you can go on, go on their website and tell you what we believe. And, and, and now, you know what I'm finding now? Now they're, now they're not even telling you what they believe. We just want you all to come and sing Kumbaya. We'll be happy here. Snacks after the service. Thought about going. But we're going to party when I get 50 years. But, but the, you know, you know that, 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 uh, they say, well, we use the word of God. But that's not what it's all about. The Bible tells us we're to preach the word of God. We're to preach it and to preach the whole counsel of God. The Bible says, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. I know it's familiar to you, but listen to it again. All, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, now, wait a minute. When I say all scripture, that doesn't mean all Bibles. There's only one true scripture. But all scripture, that means from the book of Genesis, the book of Revelation, from the first verse to the last verse, it's all what he's talking about there. And he said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now it says about the man of God here that he may be perfect. What's that mean? It doesn't mean that he doesn't sin. It means to be complete. It means to be mature. We need the word of God. The devil came to Jesus and tried to tempt him. But our Lord answered with the word of God. Listen to what he said. He said this, Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, it is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every thought that proceedeth in the mind of God. And yet that's what they say in these new versions. The thought is there. What did Jesus say? He said a whole lot different, didn't he? He says, but he answered and said, it, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every 
word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Every, how many times have I said this? Every word Bible. We've got an every word Bible. The Lord Jesus said you need the word. But God said back in the book of Amos, he said, you know what? You've sinned, you've carried on. And God said, you know what I'm going to send? I'm going to send a famine. And I'm wondering right now, are we living? No, I really believe we're living in the last days. And we are seeing a famine of the word of God today. Where people went to church, they could not hear because the word was not preached. And then there were people who went to churches where the word of God was preached and they did not hear. Turned it off. They turned it off. So we have the word of God tonight. And I believe one of the great needs that we have today is some men that will preach the word of God. You know, a lot, a lot is happening in our world today. A lot of women preachers. Now, I thank God for women. Help me, somebody. All right, thank you. I thank God for women. But God didn't ever call a woman to preach. Preacher, you know, it's a new day. Well, my Bible tells me that the preacher's to be the husband of one wife. Well, if she's the husband of one wife, you're talking about a gay couple, and that's abomination. Right? Yeah, that's not what it's talking about there. A preacher is to be a man. It's supposed to be the man of God. It's not because you hate women. God doesn't hate women. God loves women. And there's the place for a woman. And again, there's a whole other message right there. But the thing is, people say, well, you know, I I had a man one day came and he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, "Uh, well, we're just just having such a wonderful time in our church. And, And the man knew better. And he said, we got a new pastor. And her name is, and he told me her name. And I, I, was, I was bold. I said to him, I said, don't you have a problem with that? He goes, well, I know. It's kind of, it's different. Got it, something I guess we got to get used to because it's happening. I said, no, wait a minute. Don't, don't you know what the Bible says about a pastor? The qualifications of a pastor? I said, how does this work out? That your pastor is the husband of one wife. He said, well, you know, it's a woman. You've got to turn around. I said, that's not what the Bible does. That church messed up. That church is messed up. Those people are messed up. You know what there is? There's a famine in the land. When people start thinking it's okay, it's because they're not listening to the word of God. They're not listening to it. Oh, I'm not saying it's not being preached, but, you know, we could sit in church, and, and probably we've all done this from one time or another where we sat in church and we didn't listen to what was being said. I believe sometimes that there's men standing in a pulpit that are not qualified. They're not called. I believe God gives a calling for a pastor. And again, I had had other plans in my life, but I I believe God called me to preach. And I I haven't doubted that ever since. You heard me, but you may have doubted it. But I really, I haven't doubted it. I know that God called me to preach. That's why I'm here tonight, because God called me to preach. But I believe there's a lot of men that stand in pulpits today never been called of God. I believe sometimes it's, it's, it's not just someone that's, that's uh, 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 not qualified or not called, but I believe also there are some unsafe preachers stand behind pulpits this morning. I've, I've talked, I don't know how many I've had. I mean, one time in Williamsburg, one time in Altoona. Uh, where was the other one? I can't remember where the other one was, but I think there's three of them that I had were preachers. I asked them, if you die today, you know you go to heaven. And they said this. I don't know. 
hope to. I'll tell you what, I'd hate to. I, I, another one was not a preacher, was a Sunday school teacher. She was working on her lesson for her Sunday school class, teenage Sunday school girls. And I said, oh, that's great. She's, oh, I love my girls' class. And I asked her, I said, if you die today, do you know you go to heaven? She goes, ah, I don't know. I don't know if anybody could know that. I'm thinking, you're teaching these girls? I wonder what her pastor believes. Probably very similar. So there's a lot of unqualified people standing behind the pulpit. There's unscriptural preachers preaching heresy, false doctrines, and lead people down the wrong paths. I believe also there's unconcerned preachers more worried about their 401k than they are about preaching the word of God. It's just, it's just kind of like this. It's been that way for 40 years. We're going to preach it. It's kind of like, I, I preach you say this, going to church in, in, a, in a good Baptist church is like being in the military at mess hall. You come in, there is no menu. And what you get is what they, you walk in a line and they take a big old spoon and they put it in your plate and you go on. That's kind of like what church is. We don't have a menu box out there. We don't have a box of suggestion box either. We don't have to say, well, preacher, I want you to pray. You know, what, what we need to do is pray, Lord, give the preacher the words to say this week. And take it. Not to be worried about our 401ks and how much money we have. We'll be concerned about preaching the word of God. So there's a lack, and the lack of is this, I believe, inner hearing. You see, when, when, when men preach the word of God, people need to hear, and not only physically hear, but spiritually hear, to get the truth. You know, we could probably, after the service, say, did, what did the preacher preach about? And you could tell Sometimes parents ask kids, well, what did the preacher preach about? And they can tell you the points. The question is this, did you hear spiritually? Faith cometh by hearing. That's the first part. But then you've got to have the hearing of the word of God. That's the spiritual part of the hearing. The Bible said in Jeremiah 22, 29, O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. I believe there's a spiritual hearing, but there's also that, there's a physical hearing, but there's also that spiritual hearing we need. Have you ever heard the expression before? I've heard it because it's been said to me by my mom. She said this, you hear, but you don't listen. You ever had that before said to you? If not, I just said it to you. I said, preacher, I heard what you said, but you're not listening to what I'm saying. That's the way we are sometimes. We sit in church, man, I grew up in church. All right, you've been hearing, but are you listening to what's being said? Are you doing what God's word says to do? This hearing is a paying attention and heeding of the preaching of the word of God. I know there's a lot of folks today who don't want to hear the word of God, and so they're they're replacing the preaching with all kinds of courses. I've seen this happen too, and again, you can go online and find it all the time. They're They're not ashamed of it. I've seen Baptist churches all of a sudden adopting all the things of the charismatics and others too. But they get in there and they have and they have they have like 45 minutes of singing little choruses and then they have 15 minutes of preaching the word of God. Now I'm not against choruses. This morning we sang two choruses in church. Don't you feel backslidden? We sang, you know, get the new look from the old book, and then we sang uh, uh, doesn't change yesterday, today, and forever. Those aren't little cute choruses. Those are songs, not a hymn. Those are courses of hymns. 
There's nothing wrong with singing choruses, but I tell you what, they ought not ever replace the preaching of God's word. So what happens, they, they get up, they sing their little choruses, and then everybody starts feeling good, and they say a few words, and then they go on their way. Usually what they start doing then is they, you know, say, folks, you don't need a Bible, you just, you just come. You know, and, and again, I understand you can put scriptures on, those, on the screens up there, and it's not necessarily wrong to put scriptures on the screen for those who don't have a Bible. But I'll tell you what it often does, it breeds people not to bring Bibles. I think one of the great testimonies is when we walk in the doors is carrying a Bible with us. Make sure the kids carry their Bibles. Make sure you carry your Bible when you come to church. What these same churches do, they quit Sunday nights and quit Wednesday nights. And then what happens, sometimes people go to a church that doesn't even preach the Word of God. Let me tell you something. If they don't have a King James Bible, they can't preach the Word of God. What's going to happen? Well, starve to death. Famine in the land. A famine in the land. You know, I'm glad when people like a message. Sometimes people say, well, that was a good message. And I thank the Lord for that. I understand. But my desire is not so much for us to like the message, but to apply the message. To apply the message. In other words, to respond the right way to it. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 31 says, And they came unto thee as the people cometh. And they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but with their heart goeth after their covetousness. You know, it's good to love the preacher. It's good to listen to the preacher. But listen and love the word of God and obey it. Amen. Amen. What we want so many times, we want teachers. And the problem for that, and the reason for that is, is because they have itching ears. Instead of desiring help, they just desire to have their ears scratched to be teach me something. And there's people today that go to churches and say, well, it's good Bible teaching. I believe in Bible teaching. But I, be, I believe the Bible says preach the word. It does say about teaching, but we cannot leave off the preaching. So when we get to a place where it's all teaching, what happens, we lose the preaching, that thing that God promises to bless. The Bible says even what happens, sometimes people harden their necks to the preaching. Proverbs 21, 29, 1 says, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck and shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Sometimes we just don't listen. Sometimes we harden our, 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 our neck is, uh, 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 harden our necks to the preaching, and sometimes we pull the shoulder away. You ever seen a child before? You grab hold of them like this, say, come on with me, and all of a sudden they pull away with their shoulder. Got a verse for that. Listen to it. It says, Zechariah 7.11, but they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. There's a famine in the land. There's people saying, preacher, leave me alone. Don't tell me how I ought to live. Don't you preach that anymore. We get reproved and don't get right. We harden our neck and get destroyed without remedy. And then what they do, they sometimes leave for greener pastures. 2 Timothy 4.3, I alluded to it already in, in 4. says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own love shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. 
They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. So, preacher, you know, I just, I, you know, I have a hard time. I don't like preachers preaching. And, and I know sometimes people don't like when you get loud about things. Yeah, you'd be, be all right. Same folks that gripe about being too loud are folks that go to a ball game and don't have a problem with the sound. You go to their house and their TV's blasting. Not a problem. I'll tell you what, if a preacher never raises his voice, I don't think he's the right kind of preacher. One time a lady came to our church back home and said to her friend she visited, that she visited, she said, oh, you know, boy, why is, he, why is he yelling? He must be mad. And the lady said, oh, no, he's not mad. Brother House heard about it. You know what he preached in the next sermon? Yes, I'm mad. <laughs> the preachers ought to get mad about sin. Uh, folks in the pews ought to get mad about sin too, by the way. Ears to hear, but they don't hear. But we're blessed tonight. Two things, and I'll be done. We're blessed, number one, because we have the Word of God. Not King James Bible. Our church is on King James Lane. And it's not just a cute little thing. It's a, it's a testimony to people. And that's the Bible, the only Bible we use. Someone comes in here and brings some other Bible, they're not going to finish the sermon, I promise you that. If I have a missionary comes in and says, all right, will you take your Bible? And I turn to it and I look and I'm going to say, they're reading something else. I'm going to say, now you're going to be embarrassed, but they're going to be embarrassed and they should be. I mean, what dumb bunny would come to a church on King James Lane with an NIV? <laughs> I'm telling you what, it's a dumb bunny there, Amen. And, 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 and they, they start, he said, well, you need to feel sorry for them. I, I, honestly, I, I, I'm not going to feel sorry for them. I'm thinking, you know what, you should have done your homework, and I guess maybe I should have too. And I always do, always check and, and find out. I, I, I get their uh, papers and, and look and see what they believe. But if somebody snuck in and said, you know what, I'm going to read from this NIV, we're done. I'm going to get up, I'm going to be nice, sir, if that's enough. You got the wrong Bible. If he says, well, let me use yours, I said, don't put your dirty hands on my Bible. You go sit down and you listen and I'll finish. Amen. He said, that's, 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 that's mean. No, that's teaching these three boys here on this front row and these little kids in here. This King James Bible is important. Amen. So we've, we're, we're blessed. Number one, we have the Word of God. Secondly, we preach and teach the Word of God. Not only do we have it, that's what we preach. And that's what we teach. Wednesday nights, teaching the King James Bible. We're going down through 1 Corinthians, just go verse by verse, teaching that. We preach the Word of God. You, know, you can go back, and you can go back to CDs. You can go to sermon audio so far, and you can go back to CDs. You can go back to cassette tapes, if you can find something to play it on. And you'll find out, it's always been preaching the Word of God. Now, thank the Lord tonight, there's not a famine in this room. But out yonder, there's a famine going on. It's really getting bad. You may have loved ones in those kind of churches, and you maybe come from one of those churches. You know what I'm talking about. But there's a famine in the land, and I'm telling you right now, where did it come from? God said, all right, you don't want to listen to me, go ahead. 
And the Bible said here, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of walk for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east, and they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord. And all of a sudden they said, we're looking for it. And the Bible says, and shall not find it. God said, I sent, I sent a famine. I pray there never be a famine at Heritage Baptist Church. It won't be if we keep our heads straight and keep in this book. Amen. So we're blessed tonight. We really are. And we're not the biggest church. And, and, and I'm sure people can find a lot of faults with us too. But thank the Lord we know that when we come here we have the word of God. And we will also be preached the word of God. Amen. If I ever lose my mind completely. I have to word, put the word completely now. If I lose my mind completely. You just be very nice and say preacher why don't you just sit here. And you get somebody to preach the word of God. You have my permission to do that. Now, if you try to prematurely do that, I will kick you. And if you make me sit down, I'll make faces. I'll make sounds. I'll stick my tongue out at you. Oh, I can be mean. But you know what? Honestly, if I come to a place and my mind does not stick with this book here, Set me down, because I don't want a famine at Heritage Baptist Church. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this time tonight. Thank you for the word of God. I'm so glad that we have a Bible. I'm glad we have a group of folks who want this Bible, and they want the preaching. Or for us to come back on a Sunday night means we want something from you. And we thank you for what you give us. Lord, I pray, may there never be a famine here at Heritage Baptist. I know there's a famine coming in our world. In fact, we see it right now. Churches are dark. And they probably should because they didn't have anything to say in the first place. God, help us. Help us to be faithful to your word. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. I know it's kind of the topic here. Maybe I think we're probably preaching to the choir on this one, huh? But the thing is, you know, maybe God spoke to your heart. Maybe tonight you just want to thank God for what he's been doing. Thank God for the word of God. How do you treat the Bible? Does it go unused? Read it. Believe it. Practice it. Tonight, I want there to be anyone here this evening who said, Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know why I go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. I uh, Still, I'm not sure that I'm saved. Pray for me. Anyone tonight? Christian, God spoke to your heart about something. Maybe you just want to thank the Lord for your Bible tonight. Whatever it is, the altar's open. You can always come. Father, bless the invitation time now. I pray that you will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.